Mel. Hello, Josie. Welcome to all Aussie Mystery Hour of number something. Six. Of the season two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I just <laughs> I saw that you had paper in front of you and I suddenly felt naked like I don't yeah. have a computer or paper, but oh, it's yeah. not my turn. It's not, it's my not turn. your turn. And we all know that I am old school. Old school. Like I use a typewriter. Yeah. To, no, I don't. It's really annoying for us. We it's have like, to have noise cancelling headphones. Clack, 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 just clack, 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 clack. And then yeah. like pushing the thing, you know, that whirring noise when you push what's that thing called? The the pusher thing. The paper thing. The rolly. Guy. I don't know. We're young. We don't remember typewriters. (laughs) Um, P.S. I was watching Riverdale when I was sick the other day. Because I'm like into it. Must have been unwell for that to happen. It's a pretty unwell show, to be honest. Very bad. Um, But like Betty gifted Jughead Mm. a typewriter, and it was like, please, you you guys are like five years old. You were definitely born in like 1995. Like, what is this? I know. Like, is what does it do? He wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. He wouldn't even have a semblance of an idea. No, he probably types all of his newspaper stories on his iPhone. <laughs> and he's fine with his thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's a really awful day here in Sydney. It's a very dreary, like, film noir type yeah, day. Would, Murders um, are probably happening all over Sydney right now. Probably. There's because probably of the weather. Mysteries to uncover. People are probably like... Right outside the door. It's a grey day. Yeah. Let's I'm get stabby. I'm going to do a murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're in a new room because high tech Mel and Josie have portable podcast equipment oh, yeah, now, we and we got shafted from our usual <laughs> studio. So we're in this large meeting room. If we sound like we're either side of one of those huge banquet tables in an old timey house, it's because we are. It's because we are. <laughs> I'm gonna slide the salt shaker across yes. to you. I'm gonna push my celeriac soup <laughs> slightly <laughs> further away. <laughs> So that you don't oh hear me slurp. Oh, my God, that's done me in. <laughs> so exactly what old-timey people ate was like that weird celeriac soup in like a really shallow bowl and it's really yeah. watery. And they're like, oh, there yep. you go, ASMR fans. I just gave you some. <laughs> and for those of you who hate my mouth noises, I gave you a new one. Deal with and it. And fuck you. And fuck off and stop <laughs> reviewing me because it upsets me in my heart. Go suck a bag of dicks. Over yeah. my mouth noises. So I was just a bit upset about a review and Mel told me to go and read five nice ones next I time I get upset. Josie's got a soft heart. Yeah, I'm very sensitive. So don't be mean to her, guys. Don't be mean. You can be mean to me. Don't be mean about my research. Oh, God, no. You are like the only person that researches <laughs> in this team. Half of us research. <laughs> oh, that's you a joke researched? About. Well, I did, but okay, that's a joke about today because I have <laughs> taken on... An extremely meaty case, mm. which I thought was a simple pimple one, and it wasn't. <laughs> and um, Josie, I d- literally did all my research today, two hours before we started. So apologies for how astronomically shit and confusing this episode is going to be. I think we're all going to enjoy the ride. And the reviews. <laughs> Will the ride take us where we're supposed to go? Un- uncertain. Mm. It's uncertain. Oh, well. People tuned in for the fun, not yeah, the facts. Exactly. Um, something less fun but mm. very important I want to talk about. Yes. I just started the book Eggshell Skull by Bree Lee. Mm-hmm. Very, very into it. Mm-hmm. So I'm only a quarter of the way through so far. But I'm like, I have almost cried on the bus. Mm. I almost cried last night reading it. Like every time I open it up, I get so involved and I get really emotional. And then I almost missed my bus stop today reading Whoa. it. Because it's so... Um, She's an amazing writer. Yeah. Super young. I think she's in her like 20s somewhere. I hate people that are younger than me and better than me in every way. I know. See, at first when I started, I sort of hated her because she is obviously insanely talented. And she has like, it's like review after glowing review (laughs) from like big wigs in the industry through the front of the book. Her mate from down the road. No. It's like Vanity Fair and stuff. Not like when I write my (laughs) book and it's just you. (laughs) Read this. Josie, Mel's friend. Mel is great. Okay. You better read this book or die. Or like, I'll totally hate you. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it's basically, she worked as a judge's, it's like, I don't know the technical term. I can't remember, but she's like a judge's assistant. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in the Queensland courts mm-hmm. and she uh, goes she, – the judge she's sort of working for takes on a lot of child abuse mm. um, cases and it's sort of just a look at how depressingly futile the, like, 
legal system is when it comes to child abuse and rape cases. And mm. she's also got, she hasn't really revealed much about it yet at this point in the book, but she also spoken about how she's got, she's been abused or raped herself oh. and she's sort of getting, as she's experiencing these cases, she's sort of right. coming to terms with her own being honest about yeah. it. Well, not being honest, but like, like speaking up about her experience and, mm admitting it to her parents who she's really close to and things like that. And oh, it's right. just, I can see that it's going to be a really important book for me, but I think mm. it's also going to be one of those books that like everyone should mm. read because it also puts you, it personalizes that struggle of yeah. abuse victims and, and just women in general when it comes to, you know, harassment and mm. everything from harassment all the way through to like rape. Mm. It's insane. It's it's an amazing book. So anyway, yes, I, I want to read it. I I know I'll lend it to you after okay. I finish. I'm just already saying everyone should read it. Yeah, but I also haven't finished it, so maybe I'll come back and retell and you like, guys. You know what? Finish. It actually was bad at the end. <laughs> you know what? I didn't like the twist Cancel at the end. That. Cancel it all. <laughs> Cancel eggshell skull. <laughs> no, I don't think it will be bad because there's all those people at the front that said it was good. Yeah, and, and we I trust them. The people. I just we trust, trust any them. any book that has a million people saying it's good. I cried on the bus yesterday. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Is this the case file? Yes. Thing? Yeah. So you guys know I'm currently deep into a case file hole because I ran out of my favourite murder. And I'm very, like, I'm a methodical person. Like I like to start from the start of something and work my way through. And I can't. People are going, listen to Cold and listen to Thunder Bay. And I can't. Like, I have to, <laughs> I have to finish case file first, which yeah. sounds so absurd because there's so much to go. But it's just the way my brain works. And I've been waiting to get up to this point because everyone hypes this episode, mm. Daniel Morecombe. And mm-hmm. oh my God, it is amazing. It's so, I didn't know much about the story and how they caught the guy. Mm. And to hear everything that went into that police operation, it's one of those episodes where you like exclaim out loud. Were you on the bus like yes. going, <gasps> I was like, <gasps> and like, oh my God. I'm like, no way. I'm like, what an idiot. And stuff like that. Like, I couldn't believe he just told. I don't want to spoil no, it. No, don't because I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. Yeah, it's just, oh, my God, brilliant. And But also, like, you're kind of listening to it going, oh, my God, the police operation, so incredible. And then you think about the case itself yeah. and, and the way the perpetrator talks about it. He's just so detached, absolute psychopath. Yeah. Like, no feeling, no remorse. Mm. Like, the way he talks about what he did. It's yeah. It's just so, I just... Couldn't I mean I couldn't do that to a person, and then I couldn't turn around and talk about it in such a like I'm talking about the housework that I did today. Yeah, he just has no it's such feeling a weird at all. Concept psychopaths like I just I know. can't mentally because I'm the complete actual opposite. Like yeah. I feel every single feeling. I cry for other people like empathy, major empathy. Maybe in the world there's people that have extra feelings that psychopaths don't have like yeah, they've like just picked up god fell over and like <laughs> he's like whatever whoops. that thing he is the whoops, quote ted bundy you get no feelings Josie. you get all of them you sorry get ted bundy's on your own yeah. yeah well it's they remember when that whole psychopath test came out mm. and i then decided maybe i was a psychopath mm. which is ridiculous because i'm literally yeah, you... constantly like upset about potentially hurting people's feelings yes. even when i yeah. haven't actually at yeah. all so so you're definitely we're not not psychopaths. We're not. We're empaths. If anything, we need help with how much we yes. care about things that actually don't <laughs> need to be cared about. So <laughs> not my problem. Like let it go. But yes, I loved it. It was great. Um, but you know, other people write his episodes and research them. Yeah, so he's the he's more the front man. To whoever did that. Oh, they are like they are the brains. Like the, that that show. I mean, he's amazing. He's an amazing presenter. I think that. He does an amazing job, but I think Case Files, like, foundations mm. are those producers behind the so scenes. So good. They and the way they make research. them unfold yeah. is just really clever. That was Millie Raiso who oh, did that good on you, Millie Raiso. So Millie, it's just known as being one of the best Case Files. So good props job to you, you, doll. Loved it. Uh, little All Aussie Mystery Hour shout out on your podcast. Wouldn't go astray yeah. for us, but, Come you know. Come on, anonymous like, man. We shout you out all the time, guys. Come on. Oh. I'm like plugging it. I'm going to my favorite murder. Free fucking like, publicity over here. Come on. <laughs> they need us as much as we need them. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the biggest Australian true crime podcast, aside from Teacher's Pet, definitely needs he definitely all of the mystery hour, the number 99. It would be so nice <laughs> if he would shout us out. 
it would just be so nice, guys. Even though I did call him the C word two episodes That's when ago. I thought that he said zesty. <laughs> that if Casewell started saying zesty, I would also call him the C word. Yeah. But we didn't mean it because it was actually a completely different podcast. Was it? I think it was True Crime Island, which right. I That's right. Yeah. have never someone, listened to, but is also maybe us, but guys. Someone gave know. us the wrong information in the group. It was fake news. <laughs> and we just ran with it we like with Donald it. Trump. Donald we were Trump just like, be like, that sounds real. Let's just run with it. <laughs> Sorry, anonymous host. I take it back. Um, that's a really good segue if we want to jump straight in or do we want to do a bit of a plug for some shit? Well, now that you've said that, we're I not know, really jumping straight Anyway, we've got in. All Aussie Mystery Hour Facebook page. I mean, Facebook group, sorry. <laughs> Go to the Pedestrian TV yep. Facebook page. Yep. You'll find it right there. Come and join us. We're, yep. all, we're in there all we're the there time. All the Too time. much. No lives. It's concerning how much we're in there. Even when it doesn't involve us. Yep. Just in Weighing there, in. Waiting. Yep. Like watching all the time. Yep. Like little tiny crazy people. <laughs> um, also, we have an Instagram, All Aussie Mystery Hour. We're doing some shit on there sometimes. Sometimes. Sporadic oh, at shit. best. I put nothing up from... I put two memes. This so week's episode. I didn't I'm put great. any... What was this week's episode? Um, you did... Uh, oh, the plane. Yeah. Yep. But I um, didn't put any pictures up from that. You yet. should put Busby. What? Bisby. Bisby. Uh, Busby. <laughs> Birdie. Birdie. Ben B. No. <laughs> By, Bidey. No. It's something like that. Whatever. Whatever. Busby um, the plane. This was supposed to be really concise. I know. <laughs> it's not. So we have a Facebook group. Yes. All Aussie Mystery Hour. We have an Instagram page, All Aussie Mystery Hour. We have The Selfish Weekend coming up March 16 and 17. Go to pedestrian.tv forward slash selfish dash weekend for tickets. We'll be talking about true crime. Oh my and God, to help. You did such a good job. How good was that? And we I have sounded a Twitter a mystery robotic. underscore hour that Josie forgot because we don't give a shit about if Twitter. If we don't, we'll never we post on try. there. That'll be the joke that we just don't. I know. But, but we, we get 100,000 followers, but we don't post yeah, it. Yeah, no. <laughs> like the egg. We're just never posting on there. <laughs> um, we're not Twitter people, guys. We're Instagram people. Um, anyway, uh, but the, the segue that I was going to use was Donald Trump. Don McKay, which oh, is my case yeah. this week. I'm singing it even though it's actually really depressing. And serious. It's super serious. We're going back to our stabby roots here. Yeah, we're, we're going to get stabby probably in the next two weeks. Yeah. This one and the next one. Yeah. Just so fucking murders, it's murder guys. murder town, Australia. No more ghosts. No more yowies swinging their dicks around. No, no more zesty disappearing claims. No haunted shit. No demons. Mm-hmm. Cold-blooded murder. Just Sometimes hot-blooded murder. Hot, cold, just, lukewarm, just tepid. Yeah, so I thought this case was going to be cut and fucking dry, didn't oh, I? And hell. it was not at all. Mm-hmm. I have learnt so much about the mafia in Australia. The mafia? I nearly spat the out my water mafia. then. mafia, I know. The mafia. Uh, uh, just call me Mrs. Mafia. Wow. Because that is my new name because Miss that's how Mafia much I know. Mafia 2019. Miss Mafia 2019 Australia. <laughs> Melissa Mafia. Uh, it is. Oh. A, oh, that's in the podcast. The mafia, guys. They're getting arrested. That is probably not the Mafia getting arrested just in case we get sued. Also, I'm very scared the Mafia is going to come after me. Oh, shit. I know. I said this to Heno, which is our deputy editor at work who sits next to me and probably hates that he He's the voice of reason. And he is the voice of reason. And I said, Heno, I'm worried the Mafia is going to murder me. And he said, that's not going to happen, Melissa. And I said, thank you. And that's it. Okay. Because well, he's got such a confident manner. He does. He's one of those people that I like having in my life because I'm not like that. And yeah, no. And he just grounds me. He really grounds both of us. I want to get a tattoo. In the what diagonal. would Heno do? I know. We say that all the time. He sits like between me and Josie if you looked in a diagonal. And I feel yeah. like he constantly feels yes. shit from both of us. He needs to be there. Yeah. He is the he is the voice of reason. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, mafia. Yeah, mafia. We've already become distracted. I have. Okay, so I've got a whole bunch mm-hmm. of articles that I need to shout out at the beginning because I'll probably fuck up referencing them in the middle. Yes. We've got an article in the Age by Tony Wright from April thirtieth, twenty eleven. An ABC article by Paige Cockburn from the third of November, twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. An article in the Herald Sun by Keith Moore, who also covered the Mr. Cruel stuff, from the 30th of October 2006. An article in the SMH by Paul Sheehan from February 16, 2009. You'll see a lot of these, like, 09, 06, because it was... I'll tell you in a second, actually. <laughs> WA Today, Malcolm Brown, Feb 16, 2009. And massive shout-outs to Jenny Cook, 
Sydney Morning Herald, 1986, who covered an entire trial. Oh, Very, Jenny. very well. Thrill fucking Jenny. MVP also here. fucking love an 80s female crime yes. reporter in the courts. Yep. She does a great job. She would have had some great power suits with I, huge I shoulders. I see a big hair, big some hair. final net all up yep. in there. Yep. Big fringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, pink, hot pink power suit. That's and my like thinking. very defined straight blush on her cheeks. Yes. Like very angular. And sort of a subtle daytime wash of blue eyeshadow, you yeah. know? Jenny is That's completely probably untrue. Jenny, if you're listening, can you tell let us, us know what, you look what like colour your suit was? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't know that Don McKay was actually covered in Underbelly Tale of Two Cities. Which one was that? The second one, I think. Was that the one no. with Matthew Newton? Yeah. Right. Um, I don't remember it. Yeah, neither do I. And I feel like I watched that one. But yeah. if anyone else remembers it, <laughs> it's not 100% true. So do not come for me on facts from Underbelly. Yes. But you may absolutely come for me from facts that are from real life because mm. I will probably fuck them up. Uh, but let's do a bit of background on the Don McKay sit show. Mm-hmm. So he was born in Griffith, New South Wales. Raised in Sydney, but then I'm assuming moved back to Griffith because he owned a furniture shop there with his family called McKay's Furniture or Mackay's Furniture. Genuine question. Yes. Where is Griffith? Okay. Geographical mail. Geographical mail coming in here. I did look it up because Mm. I have never been there, but I do want to go there. I've heard of it, but I've got no idea. You've probably heard of it because people... No, it's the weed capital of Australia. Right. But I mean, that's going to come into play. Okay. I met a guy from Griffith on my travels around Australia, but he was actually in Margaret River, okay. <laughs> the whole place, which is like the whole other side <laughs> of Australia. And he, when I said to him, weed capital of New South Wales, he was like, uh, not anymore. Oh. As much as it used to be. So, uh, but actually Griffith, to answer your actual question and not go on my weird segue about my trip and also <laughs> weed, um, Griffith is like, if you went like Canberra, Oh. And you sort of kept going, so like Wagga. So you're going Canberra, Wagga, like that diagonal okay. down bit. Right. Sort of. And you then went up from Wagga. It's like – so it's like south from Sydney, but it's not like super south. Like it's like very middle of New South Wales, but lower bit. Lower bit. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Mel what? right now. <laughs> she started like tickling the air. Trying the lower to bit. Show you. Also, why do I think that if I just repeat lower bit, like you're suddenly going to get it? Yeah, because I totally tuned out. Not it's tuned out, but I got bit. lost. It's in the middle bit, but lower bit of the middle okay. bit. Uh, it yes, it's very far from Sydney, and it's still very far <laughs> from Canberra. So it's kind of like its own little. I think it's the biggest. I said, shut up. Uh, I think it's like the biggest town. That's probably not true. I remember doing a trivia thing and they were like, what's the biggest town in New South Wales? And I thought it was Griffith and maybe it was, but it also might not have been Griffith. So that's also great facts. Can you not look it up? I, know I need that you're to looking know. It up. I, can't, I can't stand it. Is lower bit of the middle accurate or is it accurate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. I know Fuck where you it with is. your confused look and laughing at me. Not it's really. like right in the middle. Yeah. It's actually very west of Sydney. Yeah. Oh, actually, it is very directly west. Yeah. So like pretty much on the line. I was wrong. Yeah. So fuck you with your questioning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, anyway that's where Griffith, Griffith is, guys. It's so a place in New South Wales. It is. Um, his son, Paul, still runs the store, which I fucking love. That's cute. It's cute. Yeah. Um, I will come and buy a couch from you guys, maybe, when I buy a couch. I don't know. That's probably never going to happen. I'm not going to drive to Griffith to buy a couch, but I want to. Yeah. To support Just McKay to support Furniture. McKay Furniture and Or Mackay Furniture, we don't know. Local business. Oh, is that McKay or Mackay? I think it's Mackay. So Don got into politics mm-hmm. uh, in 1974. He stood as a Liberal Party candidate for the House of Reps. I have no fucking idea what any of that means, but Liberal's it means bad. something. What's the House of Reps? We I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> um, he also stood for the Liberal Party for the state seat of Murrumbidgee in 73. And 76 New South Wales state elections, he was unsuccessful in all of them. But it oh. kind of shows you what kind of a dude he was in the town. Like, he's quite well known, mm-hmm. kind of in the politics, kind of do-good side mm-hmm. of things. So, one thing he was concerned about was the growing drug trade in Griffith. Right. And then he actually learned of a large marijuana. Oh, the marijuana. The marijuana's. Mm. 
which we've never. I don't know what that is. Is that the same thing as heroin? I maybe it is. I've, I don't know I, drugs. I don't know what a marijuana is. Okay, well, maybe never, we'll learn in this episode. I have never injected the marijuanas, and I never will. No. So, um, anyway. <laughs> We do know that it's called marijuana, guys. I hope that you got that joke, which you yeah, maybe didn't. We're being sarcastic. We're being idiots. Uh, near Cole and Bally, which is south of Griffith. So if you went down from Griffith, oh, I'm pretty sure you'd go through Narandra. Mm-hmm. Narandra. 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 Oh, for fuck's sake. So I just Can know Australian people from there. Just like I just know people from there. all their names into like one word. Like, what was it? Mandra. That's not. Mandra. Just Pilbara. call it Mandura. It's spelt that way. And we you know say what? It, that it way. probably is said that way, but we're all just bogans and speak. Yeah. Like we have to remove letter, letters from everything we say because we're lazy. We are. I'm going to just join the bogan like wave mm. of Australia. And all right, Narandra. So I think it's, it's south from there from memory mm-hmm. and it's like a beeline straight down from Griffith. Um, so he learned of this large crop. Mm. Uh, this is not good. This is dangerous. And I'm going to tell you an amazing, well, it's actually a very sad story, but it's amazing in the sense that it's like, <gasps> um, from the Age article by Tony Wright. This is all quote. I'm just telling a story. Okay. A year previously, an agriculture inspector named Joseph, this is a year previously, P.S., to when Don McKay got right. murdered. Because okay. he's going to get murdered, which ruins oh, fuck. the mystery. Let's edit part. that out. Okay. Well, I think that people know he got murdered. I thought he just disappeared. I didn't know. Oh, okay. This is... <laughs> so you've ruined it, not only for our <laughs> listeners, but for me. So now all my reactions... I'm so sorry. I ruined it. So even if we out. did edit it out, you can't edit it out of my memory. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I it's ruined it fine. for you. It's fine. I'll just sassily sip my water. <laughs> so a year previously, an agriculture inspector named Joseph Patrick Keenan had stumbled across a group of men and women, including a fellow named Antonio Sergi, from a district winery packing marijuana into green plastic bags in a farm shed. When Keenan reported the matter to Griffith Police, he was taken aback. Detective Sergeant John Kenneth Ellis didn't seem interested and took no statement. Within a day, Keenan got a call from one of Sergi's relatives, informing him the family knew he had spoken to the police. Several weeks later... The body of a man <gasps> named Joseph Patrick Keenan was found no floating way. in a canal near Griffith. This Joseph Patrick Keenan was no relation to the agriculture inspector. No. <gasps> oh, what my the God. fuck? That's like out of a fucking movie. That's fucks. That's why I'm so glad my name is so stupid because no one will ever. Well, Joseph Patrick Keenan is a very specific name. It is. It's weird. I don't like it. And they just went. How lazy are these hitmen? I mean, we cannot... Acu- okay, so firstly, everything we're saying is just conversation. We don't know shit. We don't know anything. Don't it's sue us. all, like, allegations It's stuff. just... We're just sharing theories. We're not saying... Yeah. This but person yes. definitely killed this person. But yes, it's fucking insane. I can't handle it. Anyway, the next bit is Ellis, who was in charge of the investigation of the unfortunate man's death, reported at his inquest that he was an alcoholic and there were no suspicious circumstances. That's the detective who seemed dis- didn't seem interested and took no statement. What you the fuck was happening in Griffith? Crooked I can't. bastard. I oh, mean, no. maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Don't sue me. Well, they did say that he didn't seem interested. That, I mean, that's coming from Keenan. So, who knows? Anyway, um... Ellis, so the detective, and the other two detectives from Griffith at the time, Senior Constable John Francis Robbins and Detective Sergeant Brian James Borthwick, were later to be given prison stretches for perverting the course of justice in relation to two drug crops. So they did get done for some shit. So they were dodgy. So we can say he was crooked. They actually were dodgy. They actually were dodgy. But whether they were dodgy in this case, we don't know, but they were dodgy. Right. How fucked is that? Very fucked. So you can see what the sort of climate was like in Griffith in, in... Related to drug-related like stuff. It's like some fucking heavy shit. I know. For like a small town. I know. Well, it's not really small. Okay, so Griffith isn't really small. It's quite big. How many people live there? I don't know. I didn't look it up. But I just know that it's big because one time my car broke down and then a man from Griffith helped me. And he now said I need to know how many that it was there. big. <laughs> so I'm basing my right. facts off a random man who helped my, me with my car when it broke down. Okay, Griffith has a population of 19,144 people. That's not very big. It's not very big. 
But it's what? probably a it's big for where it is in the middle of yeah. the state. We're also just assuming that too. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know. But in a very real way, I don't care because it's spicy even if it yes. happened in Sydney. Yeah, and what I'm, I guess what I meant was, you know, you wouldn't be really surprised to hear this dark underbelly in Sydney. They did a whole show on it. And yeah. they did a whole one of Melbourne. They did. But this town of 20,000 people, there's some shit going on. There's some shit going on. Um, I just think we need to revisit that a man with the same fucking name as, as the a dude Dibba-dobba. just happened to be floating dead in a canal yeah. in his town. That is like yeah. horse's head on the pillow, but times a billion. And you know what? To quote NCIS rule number 39, there's no such thing as a coincidence. I know. Sips. Tea. Oh, I'll sip my water. <laughs> Actually, I'm thirsty. Um, anyway, back to the story. Mm-hmm. So Mackay didn't trust local police, oh, obviously. Because <laughs> they were proven to be dodgy. Yeah, there was some shit going on. So he actually informed Sydney drug squad detectives. This actually led to several arrests. But at the trial of the arrested men, Mackay was identified as the whistleblower <gasps> after the drug squad oh, detectives were forced to God. hand over their notebook to the defence team. So then what happened? So his name has now been revealed. Can't they fucking black that out, you know, when you see I documents? Just, how the fuck Get a did fucking that even art happen? line texter. Yeah. Chisel point and fucking drag that black texter. And then say your dog did it. Along the name so that you're not. Oh just drag God. that texter along. Put it in your dog's paw. Yeah. Drag it along <laughs> just that name. Yeah. Take a photo where you're, you can't see your hand yeah, and it's in the, the photo golden and it's just the dog paw. and he's got like a sus little smile on his face yeah. and say, my dog fucking did it. I'm really sorry. <laughs> fucking Rusty did it. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it, I mean, it's like, no. so I mean, jokes aside, I feel so bad for this detective mm. because, you know, a court order, like what the fuck are you going to do? And he probably didn't want to hand this shit over. Yeah, it seems dodgy to me, but does. I don't actually know if it is dodgy because Not I don't dodgy, know shit about You just about think legally there'd be some kind of protection of like names and things yeah. within I mean, those notes. The 70s, so I don't know. Yeah. Did that come in later? Because I'm sure now that's I illegal. Just, yeah, because you see all those documents with the black redacted yeah. all over them. I know. Anyway. Mm. Shocking. <sighs> anyway, in future, I just to say your dog did it and fuck it up for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after this... Things started getting sus. So, uh, inverted commas, Mr. Adams made a large order for furniture from the Mackay Furniture Shop mm-hmm. and asked Don to personally come to Geraldery to deliver it. Mm-hmm. But Don was busy, so he sent his employee Bruce Pursehouse. Uh, but Bruce never actually met Mr. Adams. And according to uh, one of Jenny Cook's articles in 1986, so she's covering the court, this mm. court case that covered the murders, the murder, sorry, Purse House took his father-in-law and he said that's what's probably saved his life. Holy fuck. So he went with his father-in-law and then yeah. he said he saw a man there with, quote, dark, greasy, slicked down hair, <laughs> ski-type glasses and a droopy moustache wearing a blue pinstripe suit driving a Ford sedan. Is that not just terrifying like, I know. I was like, that is just like a caricature of a dodgy hitman, yeah. right? It's like mincing around in yeah. ski glasses with your greasy side But still flick. wearing a suit? Yeah. Because you still got that John Wick aesthetic that you need to keep up. I just don't think hitmen need to be in suits. When I watch movies about hitmen, which I do a lot because I like action movies, like John Wick, he wears a suit. He looks great. But I think if I'm going to kick someone, I want to have Nike tights on. You know, for full. If I'm going to fight, like I just don't think a suit is. But I guess they just shoot people if they're lazy. I just think hitmen should always be in full tracksuits. Maybe a onesie. Yeah, like a black. Petition for hitmen to only wear yeah, onesies. Yeah, I don't think suits seem comfortable, but I'm not a man. Maybe he, maybe he felt that were comfortable. Maybe it was a special sort of stretchy suit to allow for kicking and punching. <laughs> I also don't think he was trained in like martial arts. Yeah, he's not John Wick. <laughs> That's a movie. I think he's John Wick. Um, so he was just lurking in the car. So wearing no, ski glasses. Yeah. So basically, and he saw him and he was probably like, that guy looks dodgy because he looked fucking yeah. dodgy. Anyway, and then, yeah, but at the time, he just never met the guy. Like, Mr. Adams never was like, hey, I'm Mr. Adams. Oh, I, so I would like the furniture. the furniture. But I guess took it back to the shop. Anyway, moving along. So then we get to the 15th of July, 1977. Mm-hmm. 
Mackay is having drinks with friends at the Griffith Hotel Motel. Uh, he's last seen buying a cask of wine. And then he disappeared from the hotel car park and has never been seen <gasps> again. Yeah. He was 43 and he had three kids, which upsets me. But wait, he disappeared, he's never been seen again. No. Well, that's what well, I thought happened. Yeah, I know, but wait, there's more oh. Josie. <laughs> <laughs> wait, he had a cask of wine. That was the last thing he was seen buying, which is such a that 70s thing. adds a layer of tragic to the tragedy because to me. Because the cask of wine was never to be drunk. Yeah. Oh, I just so think sad. it's like so hectic because, I mean, I'm going to get into more things, but it's like we're, we're journos. Mm-hmm. We, you know, write shit. We don't really write exposés on things, but we are in the industry where people do that mm. and you know when people are like, oh, this is like really going to like expose some shit mm. and you never actually think that sometimes people get fucking murdered, murdered over for it. things mm. that they were trying to expose. Yeah. And I think in Griffith as well, this would have been, I mean, like obviously shit was going on in there. Yeah. It's illegal too. Joke. Like he's, whether or not you like to punch a few bongs aside, it's an, <laughs> just hit my microphone. <laughs> it's an illegal activity. That's what he was blowing the whistle on. It's like you can't yeah. just chuck a skits and disappear everyone that's threatening your illegal activities. Be more subtle with your illegal activities if you don't want people to find out. I know. And it's like that's the it's thing is that fair. there's the people that do the weed. Yes. But then if you go all the way up to the top, there exactly. is a huge crime syndicate running the weed. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, to us these days, you know, weed is pretty innocuous mm-hmm. in terms of if you looked at a drug pyramid – Yes. Of things that general people think are bad. Weeds mm-hmm. at the bottom in the like big bit, like if it was the food pyramid and that's like fruit and vegetables. <clears throat> yep. It's, well, that's alcohol, isn't it? And then the next one up would be weed. I think they've changed it. Okay. There's not actually a drug pyramid for like <laughs> healthy drugs to the bad drugs, but. Yeah. But I think, um, I think they've changed the actual food pyramid doesn't exist is what I'm saying. Oh, um, but you the, know what I the mean. The youth listening will be like, what? <laughs> Well, I just think that you all know, I know what I mean. I know what you mean. I, <laughs> I know feel like what you we mean. sound high doing this episode and we're not high. Um, anyway. I know what you mean. You think when you smoke a joint, oh, well, but you don't know how that joint got to you. Well, yeah, and I don't know what the ins and outs are at, mm. of, in this day and age because I think maybe it's changed. But in the 70s, this was what it was yes. like. And it yeah. was like Hectic. bad, bad, mm. bad at the top. So stains from his blood were found on his van. On the ground nearby and on the van keys found underneath. There were also drag marks, hair, oh. and 3.22 caliber cases nearby. Oh. So it was not looking good. No, it doesn't uh, seem like he made it out of that one. And his disappearance fueled this notion of Griffith as the marijuana capital and as a town full of mobsters, which led to the then premier Neville Ran to oh, appoint yeah. Justice Philip Woodward to lead the Woodward Royal Commission into illegal drug trade in New South Wales. So, like, Don McKay was a huge campaigner against the drug sort of mm-hmm. mob drug trade. And they're like, well, So there's almost, him. I mean, you can't tell what someone would think in death, right? Mm. But his death yes. led to yes. this big royal commission. And I think there's something at least nice in the fact that it wasn't, like his death didn't just wasn't end for with nothing. just, oh, and he died. Yeah. And then they kept doing what they fucking wanted to do. And it's actually, it's good that they couldn't just get away with that. You know, they're like, oh, we'll just kill him and silence him. Mm -hmm. But it actually kicked off a whole chain of events and actually made matters probably worse for them. Yeah. So you're idiots. Yeah. Don't murder people. Don't murder people because it actually is like, you're not going to get away with it, basically. Except they kind of did, but they didn't. (laughs) Anyway, I'm spoiling it again. I'm a terrible storyteller. Um, So in 1979, Woodward found that McKay... Mackay, who knows, had been murdered by a hitman acting on instructions from the Honoured Society, mm-hmm. a Griffith-based cell of the <gasps> Onregeta, which I looked up how to pronounce it, but it's, it's apostrophe N-D-R-A-N-G-H-E-T-A. They're a Calabrian criminal organisation. Oh, is yeah. that from Sicily? So, no, I'm going to tell you a bit more right. about it. So the Honoured Society started in Melbourne and it was a criminal confederation with Calabrian roots. And Calabria is this area in southern Italy. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know how there's Sicily? Yes. Which is the island? 
Where's like the Sicily boot? the island? I don't know. At the bottom of the boot? I think it is. Yeah, I think so. It's near the bottom of the boot. Right. So the Ondragetta aren't as famous as the Sicilian Mafia, but they were actually the most powerful Italian crime syndicate in the late 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. which is obviously after this, but mm. they are like a big deal. Yes. But they're not as famous. Right. It's, for example, it's believed they were the ones who were behind John Paul Getty III's kidnapping yes, in Italy. Yes, I was Italy. just thinking about yeah. that. So Did you I, watch that movie? The Marky Mark movie? No. You remember the one there was all the controversy because they did the reshoots and Michelle Williams only got paid two cents and Marky Mark got a million dollars or whatever. It was okay. part of the kind of Me Too, Time's Up situation because yeah. she didn't get paid as much and then he donated his pay to Time's Up. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, I do remember but that. also the controversy in that movie was Kevin Spacey was in it as That's what I was going to say Getty when you said Marky Mark. I was senior, like Senior, I think. And then they recast him. Marky Mark was like the investigator that, yep. and Michelle Williams was the mum. It's okay. really good. It's really yeah, good. I feel right. like it got overshadowed by quite like the controversy there. Aware and Kevin Spacey being in it, yeah, and, and him then removal and, and, and yeah, and not that that's a very important cause, but it's also just a good movie. Yeah, and it yeah. Kind of people just and remember they the right it as thing the with controversy. It. Yeah, but definitely watch it. It's a okay, very interesting I'm definitely going to watch it because I was wondering where I'd heard about this. Story. All the money in the world is what it's called. I think it's called. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because basically, for anyone that's not familiar. So in 1973, they asked for a $17 million ransom for John Paul Getty III because his grandfather was the richest man mm. in the world at the time. And then they, he, his grandfather was basically like, no, because then it like creates a problem for all my other grandkids. Yes, and he had basically no relationship with yeah. him. Yeah, it was very like cut and dry. Yeah. And then they cut his ear off, John Paul Getty III, uh-huh. and sent it. And uh-huh. that's what ended up fixing the situation. But it was like, fuck. So they were meant to be behind that. Right. Believed yes. to be. Yeah. Um, they actually began operations in Australia back in the early 20th century oh, great. in Queensland relating to fruit and veg. <laughs> I know. I was like <laughs> the laughing. Illegal bananas. Do you want to hear how fucked the fruit and veg shit is? I told you this thing was fucking, it's a minefield. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, I said there was a Herald Sun article by Keith Moore. Mm-hmm. So he did this big sort of, uh, he's sort of reporting on the Costa Group scandal. I've called it a scandal. He didn't call it a scandal, but I'm assuming it's a scandal. Yeah. Um, basically, Frank Costa, quote, was forced to cooperate with a multi-million dollar mafia-run extortion racket after death threats to him and his family. Holy shit. Yeah. And then his younger brother, Anthony Costa, told police that a Calabrian mafia identity said he would be shot if he didn't buy fruit and veg from whom they told him to buy from, which sounds fucking ridiculous. So who are these guys? The so the Costa Group actually had an $800 million turnover, at least in like when this was all happening, um, of in the fruit and veg business. Right, so okay. they were a wholesaler. Oh, okay. So it was like the mafia were basically saying like, according to them, yeah. like buy your fruit and veg from these people. Yeah. Or we'll... Or we'll shoot you and your family. Jesus. And then... Um, from the article, quote, Mr. Costa said Coles asked his company to take over fresh produce supplies in the early 1990s to break a mafia scheme, but the mafia proved too strong and continued to extract 50 cents a case, reaping millions of dollars a year. Holy shit. Isn't that insane? That's really scary. So anyway, that's a bit of a background on this right. society, so they Calabrian are, mafia they're in Australia on. thing. Yeah. They're not to be fucked with, basically. Um, so then we're going to jump to 1986. Okay. So this is like more than 10 years after the murder. When was the murder? 1977. Right. So hitman James Frederick Baisley was convicted for conspiring to murder Don McKay along with Gianfranco Tizzoni, Robert Trimbole, George Joseph and unknown other persons. That's according to Jenny Cook's reporting Mm -hmm. articles. Oh, right. Um, he was sentenced to nine years jail for that, but he also had a life sentence for his role in the murder of drug couriers Isabel and Lucas Wilson in 1979, which was to do with that Mr. Asia syndicate, which is also in uh, the underbelly tale of two cities. But I don't know anything about it, and I refuse to because Josie, I was this this, this alone. Mu- this is too much alone. This is yeah. too much. That's for another episode, Mr. Asia. Guys, I'll do. That I don't one. know him. I'll do Miss Asia. Yeah, I don't even know if is. it's a mystery. <laughs> I don't know if it's a person. <laughs> Head, he's like this, like almost like a Japanese like movie star. Oh, no, no, you're patting a cat. Like oh. he's, I was thinking a Japanese movie star with like a little fedora, like milady, and oh. he's like got a pinstripe suit on. No, I pictured and he's a, got a cane, a bald man in a big chair, Mister Evil, Doctor Evil, 
that's who I was picturing. Doctor, yeah, so we've got very different <laughs> views of who Mr. Asia is, even if he is a person we don't know. <laughs> Just a quick Mr. Asia aside there. Um, he was actually never tried over firing the gun, so he only got done for this conspiracy conspiring with a bunch of other people. Um, and that SMH article that I'm referring to also says evidence came out that he had admitted to planning to kill Mackay and Drildery. Remember Drildery? Yes. Mr. Adam? Mr. The Bruce went yeah, Bruce. with his dad and yeah. saw the man in the suit mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the slick back hair. Mm-hmm. And he said it was aborted when, inverted commas, Mackay, so the guy he thought was Mackay, arrived with someone else in the car. Right. So what he was, yes, the, so well, he, I mean, we don't know if he was the greasy-haired guy. Actually, we do know he was the greasy-haired oh. guy because Bruce mm. then was like, I'll never forget the face. Fingered him. Yeah. Which like, is not gross. fingered yeah. him, but like fingered him in the yeah, lineup. Yeah, I'm pointing. Of yeah. photos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not fingered him. <laughs> Sexually. This is a crime podcast, guys. If you thought I meant sexually, then you guys are sick because this is serious stuff. Would you laugh if Case File said fingered? He did say fingered in an episode the other day and I laughed. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, we would. We would all laugh. We would all laugh so much. We're all 13-year-old boys in our heads. We are. Uh, Where am I at? Um, Gerald Um, Derry. So this is going to piss you off insanely. Me, personally, or everyone? You personally. Okay. Baisley died without saying where Mackay's body was buried. Fuck off. I hate it. And he also never confirmed his involvement. He always said he didn't do it, saying Tizoni and Joseph set him up. I hate that. I know. I hate it when they don't confess. And the quote of him saying that he didn't do it comes from the court, which Jenny Cook reported on, saying Mm -hmm. this quote, this is the first time I have not been prepared to cop it sweet because I am not guilty. Hmm. Um, I mean, you don't know. This is the thing with all this mafia shit, and this is kind of the mystery to do with this, is that there are all these names flying around, but you just never know who the fuck was in cahoots with who. And who did pull that trigger? It's just fucked. Mm. But, yeah, it's – I think the shitty thing where there was – I was reading one of the articles. I don't think I've got it written down here. There was – they spoke to the son, and the son was like – he just flat out said no, that he wouldn't admit to it or say anything. And it's just fucked. Like, you do mm. a fucked thing, you're going to die anyway, dude. Mm. Just like, like you're, he was just like 85 it. or 90 something when he like Ugh. died. You stupid old you, fart. Nothing, what is going to happen? I mean, I guess game? maybe if you had kids or grandkids, I guess there's all these like implications that can happen. But I hate it. I hate it so much. I know, the deathbed confession thing. Just, just Everyone confess on your deathbed. Actually, confess. just don't do it in the first place. Don't that do would it. Be... Don't do the murders. Don't but do the murders. everyone should, they should give that like truth serum stuff to, to crims that are on their deathbed. That's in Harry Potter. That's not real. No, it is. What? Yeah. There's, there's real not thing. real, tr- not that, that's, I don't know that Josie's a big Harry Potter fan. And I think You she's... know what is hysterical to me, and this is a huge aside, is that Mel gets around here pretending she doesn't like Harry Potter. When there's a Harry Potter story to be written, I jump on it. One of our old workmates, Alex, who listens to the podcast, hi, Alex, she would jump on it. Mel would just pretend, oh, I'm not really into Harry Potter. Then it transpires that you had a GeoCities page <laughs> where you were the most insane Harry Potter fan, more so than me, crazy. You'll be kicked off the page. It's in the group if you want to see it. It's yeah. hilarious. You, I didn't even think of Harry Potter when I said <laughs> Josie's fingering me literally <laughs> in the face. Oh, like pointing at me. <laughs> face. I didn't even think Harry Potter when I said truth serum just then. You. <laughs> I <laughs> did. Of it. You Harry Potter nerd. I went, I went Harry You're Potter nerd such a nerd Hermione. Here. I'm such a Hermione. I'm telling you there's this stuff. I didn't make it up. I okay. swear. So there's some stuff that you can take and it forces people to tell the truth. Yes. How? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I've just heard of it. Okay. Well, we'll Google it later and put it in the group for everyone. Okay. This truth serum stuff that <laughs> Josie thinks every single potential criminal should no, be No, no. Everyone that has done the bad thing and won't admit to it on their deathbed when they're 90 in prison. Yeah. like They should get a few drops like of it. Like Bradley John Murdoch should mm-hmm. get it. So basically it's, it's, it's not certain because he won't admit to it. But James Frederick Baisley is sort of the most likely person to have pulled the trigger. Right. But in terms of who got him to pull the trigger, because that's way more important in terms of this whole thing, um, that is sort of a greyer area, more murky and lots of rumours and like police saying they think this person and then other Mm -hmm. people saying this. So Woodward, so the Woodward Royal Commission. Yes. 
In his final report, he concluded that the members of the organisation involved in Mackay's murder were Francesco and Dominic Sergi. Mm, the Sergis Antonio that. and Antonio Sergi, one born in 1951-1935, so I'm assuming that's like senior and junior, but it could also be like uncle and oh, who knows? could be brother and brother. I don't know. Didn't look into it too deeply. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a Mel episode. Yeah. What do you expect and from You know me? what? I get bogged down and looking into those kind of things. Well, I didn't that's think it was That's what takes me important. six days. Um, Francesco Barbaro and Robert Trimbole, which we've heard of his name before, mm-hmm. and he's, I'm going to get to him in a sec. So Woodward actually requested for police to search Griffith's inverted commas grass castles, which is what Don McKay used to call them. So essentially like the houses that supposedly had weed farms on them or oh, like right. the houses grass of people castles. who, That's yeah, funny. it's like, yeah. I don't know if it's so much like the houses of people involved in that or if it's actual weed plantations mm. that he believes exist or whatever. Anyway, it was denied, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Um so let's go through all these people. These dodgy it's, fuckwits. It's a mess. I don't really know what... The mystery here is that it is so fucking messy. Yeah. And, and they do that on purpose. Yeah, and that's exactly it. And because it's mafia involvement, it's like you don't know who's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Like there's going to be lots of times and here no where you're like, well, that's the fucking truth. And the other guy. And yeah. Yeah. Like we'll get back to it. But Baisley, when I get to him and like some of the stuff said in that court case... It's like, oh, well, this is the fucking, this is it. Bang, 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 done. Mm. And then he's like, no, I didn't do it. They set me up. And you're like, oh, maybe they did. Maybe. Like, you we don't, don't know who to believe. Were. Yeah. Because they're all dodgy. crazy. Anyway, so Tony and Dominic Sergi, let's start there. Tony mm. was known as the Don of Dons, inverted commas. <laughs> I mean, all of this is just so fucking Sopranos. And I know it's yeah. real and it's actually really fucking bad and mm. not good and depressing and sad. Mm. But it's like when you hear things like Don of Dons. It's... You like Very get extra. this little bit of a like, yeah. oh, it's the Godfather in real life. And in my head, they look like they're from like a Hollywood mafia movie. Yes. But then when they open their mouths, they've got Aussie accents. Yes. And it's funny. Exactly. But it's not funny because this is very serious. It's not. But at the same time, it's like it's the mafia we just have conditioned from movies and TV yes. to just. And I mean, that why they're going to be uh, Robert De Niro. These stories are fucking insane. Yeah. But anyway, um, they were the principal suspects according to the Woodward Royal Commission. Mm-hmm. According to the Age article written by Tony Wright that I mentioned before, they were having dinner with local detective Graham Keach at the area hotel just up the road from the hotel Don disappeared from, as well as with two former Griffith detectives who had flown in for the dinner, Arthur Andrew O'Sullivan and Brian Borthwick. And we heard Borthwick's name before in relation to that whole Joseph Patrick Keenan thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was one of the God, he a- was one of the ones well actually he was one of the ones that um, w- was given a prison stretch for, for perverting the course of justice. Yeah, so right. it he was on the cake. And it fucking was fishy. <gasps> so, but who knows if they were just having dinner with them for other fishy circumstances. Oh, other fishy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yep. you just don't know. But yeah. Also, just PSA, I have not read that Arthur Andrew O'Sullivan or Graham Keach were fishy, and I'm just saying Brian Borthwick. He's fishy. The other two, we don't know. We don't know. But the whole thing is just weird. Yeah. Um, But that was their alibi, basically, for not physically being the people doing anything. to pull any triggers. Yeah. But the ABC article that I referred to Mm. earlier, the one from only last year, they said that the police believe that Tony Sergi sanctioned the murder so that they're they're quoting that police believe that and that's what they do they go out for dinner so they can't be like they've got an alibi but you can't alibi the conversation where you're like i'll pay you fifty thousand dollars to shoot this man yeah that there is the murder yeah it's not and that's the thing with these things again is it's like okay like a normal straight up murder case is this person killed this person Mm. they did it and they were the ones that premeditated mm. it or didn't premeditate it. But then when it's to do with like mm. crime syndicates, it's like, well, yeah. is it the hitman that got paid that's yeah. really that extra the one? Layer. Or is it like this fucking guy at the top, you know, who then was like in, having a spa day in fucking Sydney yeah. somewhere. That's not real. But in my head, that's what I would do if I were going <laughs> to sanction a hit. I'd go to have a spa day in Sydney. Wow, anyway. that's cold. <laughs> that's really <laughs> fucked, isn't it? Like, I should probably just go and sit and do something else. Anyway, Tony died in fucking 2017, mm. was never charged, so we'll never know from his mouth what happened. It's not fair. 
Um, so then Francesco Barbaro, he was the brother-in-law of Tony Sergi and okay. cousin of Severio Barbaro, oh, God. who had been arrested three months earlier for producing marijuana. And he was at the Griffith Ex-Servicemen's Club. Right. So he had so an alibi. So that's his alibi. In inverted commas. Then we get to one of the, the big guys, Robert Trimbole. Mm-hmm. So he was a big gangland figure in Griffith. He was the head of La Familia. Oh. Familia. La Familia. 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 <laughs> I'm actually Greek, not Italian, but sometimes I like to think that makes me a bit Italian vibes, like a bit of an Italian Mediterranean. Flair. Yeah, I get the Mediterranean thing, yeah. so I get a free pass for fucking that up. Um, that was a group of Italian families in the Riverina area in the 70s operating marijuana businesses, which right. I assume, but I'm not 100% certain, involves the Sergis as well. Right. But, like, Griffith's not a massive town, so I'm assuming if they're involved, yeah. you know. Anyway... He was in Randwick, Sydney at a restaurant, which is what I said, fucking go to Sydney. Very close to my neck of the woods. A bit too close. Too close for comfort. (laughs) Robert Trimbole. (laughs) So many of the police, including Griffith's supervisor of detectives, James Binden, came to the conclusion that he was responsible for the killing contract style. Um, because he had previously made death threats against Mackay. He's on record going to the Griffith police in 1974, angrily saying he would, inverted commas, kill Mackay as well as his wife and kids. To the police? Yeah. But I feel like it was in like an angry way of like, I'm going to kill that guy oh, and right. his wife and kids. So it's kind of it's in that way where they're like... It's a thing to say. Like, they're very dramatic. Is. And it's that thing where they probably would have gone, okay, well, we're going right. to document this. <laughs> but like a guy just coming in angrily saying that like, I say I want to kill people all the time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it, he was named in the 1986 case. The, well, it was like it spanned at least two years, I think, like 84. I couldn't find specific info on that case. It started to... The trial? Yeah, the trial. Like it started off the back of this other guy, Giancarlo Tazzone, so one of the ones that was convicted for conspiracy. It started with something to do with him and some other completely different crime thing. Yeah. And then he gave info, info that then right. they went, oh, this opens up some shit with the Mackay thing. So it's very confusing about how that all started. One thing led to another. Yeah, but in that case, mm-hmm. um, he was named as having ordered the hit via Tazzone, who then called friend George Joseph, oh who God. owned a gun shop in Fitzroy. Yeah. So that's why they're all together <laughs> oh in that God. list. They're so like, it basically involves six people in asking this guy to shoot someone. Isn't it insane? <laughs> but like basically, you know how it was like, Baisley, Tazone, Trimbole, Joseph were named. So it went like, mm. in, if it's as it was said in that case, it mm. went Trimbole to Tazone to Joseph to Baisley. Yep. Okay. Baisley being right? the trigger puller, we think. We think, yeah. So in that case, it came out that he told Tazone that Mackay, inverted commas, had to go because of the trouble he was causing the family, capitals. Oh, Tazone. The family. Tazone suggested paying Mackay off or, inverted commas, get him in a compromising situation with a woman, but these were rejected. Because I think Mackay was a pretty, like, upstanding citizen and, like, had a family man known in the town as, like... So it was either we shoot him or honey trap situation. Yeah, it was kind of like fuck up his rep to the mm. point where his business, I'm assuming, would go under is what they were probably hoping that Tazonia was probably hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, pay him off, which they didn't think would work, which I don't think would have worked no, either, to be honest. sounds like. Or kill him. Right. And then Tribole apparently was just like, no, you've got to kill him. Let's go. Yeah. Don't fuck I around. Because I think that he maybe, because of Mackay's like rep in town, I think that mm. it had probably gotten to the point where they were like, it's not going to work. Yeah. And they probably, it was like for them, the cleanest option. Yeah. Yeah. Which I hate because a man died. But yeah, so Trimbole said to distance the killing from the mafia, no shotgun was to be used, the body was never to be found, and to use an outside person, preferably from interstate, which is kind of all that happened. Because mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Baisley wasn't from town. Yeah. We didn't find the body. There weren't mm-hmm. shotgun mm-hmm. shells. Mm-hmm. So it's looking pretty likely, and obviously he was convicted for conspiring, that he was in some way involved. But the Age article by Tony Wright, so Tony Wright says that he interviewed Don McKay two days before he was murdered. Can you deal? so spooky. I know. 
um, but also like wild. And basically, I don't know, this. the Age article is from 2011 and I don't know how much that was to do with Underbelly Tale of Two Cities and how much that was to do with legalities in terms of... Because Don McKay makes all these claims in that article to Tony mm. Wright that are like really crazy and wild. Um, so Tony Wright says Don told him that Peter Calipari was the real godfather of the Griffith Mafia. And then, quote, Trimbole, Mackay said, was by comparison only a half-smart thug. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then also, quote, Calipari used his reputation to become a political fixer, Mackay claimed, specifically for Al Graspi, the flamboyant local MP who championed multiculturalism as a minister in the Whitlam government. We're going to come to him in a sec. Mm-hmm. So basically, according to Tony Wright, from this interview... Two days before... Two days before he disappeared. Calipari was the head honcho in mm-hmm. town. So then that kind of throws... But his name, as far as I could see, didn't really what? come up if in that trial. he's a head honcho, he's good at hiding. Like, we saw mm. how many... This guy asked this guy, asked this yeah. guy. He, that's why. So he can distance himself from it so much that it can't be linked back to him at all. Yeah. And that's if he is the head honcho, that's why he's the head honcho because he's good at doing that. Yeah. And that's why he's gotten this far. That's really crazy. Well, and that's the thing is it's not at all unlikely that he wasn't above Trimbole and Trimbole just never mentioned his name. Well, yeah, because if you rat someone out, then in prison. Okay, that does that happen? Yeah. Josie just made like a (laughs) neck cutting. Totally. Sort of hand signal you can't like you can't rat people out ever well then all these people ratted people out in this 1986 thing but i guess that mm. but like i said it's like Baisley says he that never. he was set up so who knows what was being ratted and what was just being bullshitted yeah oh it's so wild um so another name that comes up is fred cray Baisley always said he was innocent and blamed cray as the killer he was allegedly a corrupt former cop oh great um, and then Tazzoni that I was talking about yes. before, yep. he admitted he arranged a hitman known as inverted commas Fred to undertake uh. the contract. But when shown photos of possible suspects, Tazzoni fingered out Baisley. So mm. to me, that one is like Baisley is just saying it's Fred and then used Fred's name as his fake hitman name. Right. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just bringing it up because it was a person in the situation. Uh, and the last inverted commas suspect but this is more of a just a fucked up story mm-hmm. so remember how i mentioned al graspy yes he was the multiculturalism champion minister in the whitlam yep. government is flamboyant code for he was gay i don't know i didn't actually look it up i don't know if he was just like sort of a zesty person yeah. or if he was actually if he was gay because flamboyant is definitely a word they used to use for that yeah as like him and his companion lived yeah. to the ripe old age of and they weren't companions, they were no, boyfriends. They were in love partners. But he may also just have been a sort of zesty fun times guy. Yeah. But in 1980, he was charged with criminal defamation because it was alleged that he had asked New South Wales state politician Michael Marr to read in the New South Wales Legislative Assembly a document that imputed McKay's wife, Barbara, and her family solicitor were responsible for McKay's disappearance. What? Yeah. Um, and so in an SMH article from 2009 by Paul Sheehan, the Nagel Special Commission of Inquiry in 1986, I wonder if that's, I wonder if that Nagel Special Commission of Inquiry is the same as that court case that got Baisley. It potentially is, but I don't want to definitely say that. one. Yeah, because I definitely, I mean, same year, but I don't want to 100% say that. Yeah. So don't, anyway. Don't say it. Um, don't say it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The story is being told. Mm-hmm. So John Nagel says that he found Graspy to be protecting the real people behind the Mackay murder via a smear campaign. And Nagel, quote, said, no decent man, that's the quote, mm-hmm. could have spread, quote, the scurrilous lies, Oof. end quote, that Graspy spread. So it's like basically like if you were a fucking decent human, you wouldn't talk this shit. Yeah. And in the same article, Sheehan says that Graspy was paid $40,000 by leaders of the Calabrian Mafia to circulate an anonymous smear sheet claiming Mackay had been murdered at the behest of his wife and son after a family argument. Quote, when I asked Ma why Graspy had approached him, he told me, because I had the biggest concentration of Italians in Haberfield, Five Dot, Concord and Dremoyne, he thought I could play the Italian vote. So basically, when he asked Ma to say this thing... Mm. 
it was because he thought, oh, all like like he, yes. he needs the Italians on side or something like that. I don't really understand politics, but I'm assuming that's what was being said there. He thought that he'd um, say yes to the because he had the it, like this sort of big Italian community the, in his district. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Graspi's actually maintained his innocence, and he fought a 12-year battle in the courts before Whoa. he was eventually acquitted on appeal. He was acquitted on appeal huh. in August 1992. And was awarded 180,000 Australian dollars in costs. So that's pretty wild. Wow. So they really acquitted him. Yeah. And yeah, like it was proper like. It wasn't just, oh, sorry. It was like, oh, sorry, here, have a lot of money. That's a lot of money in 1992 as well. But he lost a civil suit filed by Barbara Mackay, forcing him to unconditionally apologize. But didn't she get any money? No, give, give I don't know. Not that, not that it was reported. It's just like weird. Like the whole thing is a bit weird. And there's an. It's it, that article was really interesting. Paul Sheehan's article because it's that's around when Tale of Two Cities was out, right? And basically, I need to watch that again. Yeah, I, I do too. Remember. After reading this, I need to, hundred percent. But basically, he leads that article by saying it's really a tale of two statues because there's a statue of Graspy in the ACT politics office somewhere mm-hmm. that was paid for by taxpayers and then there's a statue of Mackay in Griffith that was paid for by the Griffith Rotary Club I think oh, and it's kind of that thing of yeah, like right kind of a, anyway whatever I don't know but he was acquitted he is legally innocent so we won't say anything bad about him no but that's pretty much the absolute crazy trail of the Mackay story there is like a couple of nice aftermath little tidbits that I was going to tell you Mm -hmm. apart from the statue the annual Donald Mackay Churchill Fellowship was inaugurated in 1987 um, and the Churchill Trust awards a Donald Mackay Fellowship annually for journalists and detectives to study methods of investigating and bringing to light organized crime which I think is like a really nice sort of memorial for him because that was what he was all about so yes I think that's lovely and it's very sad that he lost his life or trying to do good. Yeah. And on his statue, there's a plaque inscribed with, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Mm. I love that quote. Mm. Who said that? I don't know. doesn't say. Oh. Well, it's, um, I've heard it before and it's a, oh, I can't think of who said it. It's going to annoy me. Mm. Tell us in the group because it's famous. Yeah. I, I think. Um, yes. Well, that's what I mean. He was trying to do a good thing. And these people doing bad things killed him. But because of that, then there was the huge, like, investigation. Mm. So it really achieved nothing. Yeah. And that's what I hate about it. It was kind of senseless because they still got their comeuppance when there was the huge drug reform. Royal Commission, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and it, but it's also just like how insane is how I don't know why I find this crazy that Australia has this I think it's just like I was so unaware of all this mafia shit same like I, I knew that there was mafia out in Griffith as a vibe like I didn't know when and how mm. and the details but I knew that there was like oh Griffith there's mafia there and it's to do with weed mm. but like I didn't know that this was so like complex mm. and had ties to Italy yes. so deeply yeah and the fruit and veg thing and is it mm. bad and possibly racist that I thought anyone involved in like the marijuana underworld would just be like Aussie bogans? <laughs> like I just didn't picture that they'd be suit wearing Italian mafia. I don't think that's racist. It's really racist <laughs> against us. But I just thought it would be yeah, just like well, I don't blokes know. with mullets being that's like so weird, shooting each other and it's like this very organized very old school, like, underworld that yeah. you just don't think is going to happen in a town of 20,000 people yeah. in the middle of New South Wales. It's just so strange that, oh, yes, the mafia will <laughs> we'll just settle right here and do our La Familia activities. Yeah. Well, it's I so guess strange. maybe it was like the Riverina was, like, yeah. good for producing the crops. And moving it, like, on the river and not having to... That we're totally making that up. Oh, maybe maybe it's to do with like the moving of it and how you can be a bit more secret out there. I mean, I definitely think the secret element of being further out and very far away from the big towns, mm. meaning that the local police would have had to do a lot of the work, mm-hmm. and then they've obviously got some weird shit going on with the local police. Yeah, there's that one million percent. But the river part, I think we've just maybe made up. I but might have made it that. sounds right, Tracy. So corrupt cops are like 
they always piss me off because it's like, guys, come on. You, like, became a cop to do good. Yeah. Right? And to, like, uphold the law. That's literally a job. Yeah. And then, like, someone offers them some money. Sure, it's probably a lot of money. But you've just, like, set everyone back so far yeah. by doing that and allowing illegal things to happen. And, like, your colleagues are trying to do good things. And yeah. And you're just, like, undermining everything. Yeah. Well, it's and like we that. were saying about, uh, I think that was last week, about the toy box killings, how the dude that got done for that was, like, a park ranger. And I was mm. like, people in uniform shouldn't do bad shit because I just unanimously trust mm. you like the police mm-hmm. doing bad shit is like I that's know. extra fucked because i really trust you yeah oh, it's crazy i know anyway poor donald i wonder where they i know i wonder where his body is yeah. and then i also yeah, i really 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 feel for that family because they really mm. wanted to know and they were looking even in like you know right up until Baisley's death they really just wanted some answers yeah he seemed like a good guy trying to do the right thing. And I think it's nice that a lot of good has come out of his death, even though his death was senseless and should never have happened. Mm. I think as someone who was such a passionate campaigner against the drug trade in Australia, it's like it's great that he has this fellowship yes. and like, that, you know, helps other journos and detectives. Uncover other uncover shit and like organised you know, crime bullshit. started the Royal Commission into the illegal drug trade and, you know, mm. lots of things that he would have wanted so to see happen. it wasn't for nothing. It wasn't for it's nothing, those, but it shouldn't have happened, yeah. Yeah, definitely shouldn't have. It's very interesting. I knew nothing about it. I know. It and now I want to know all. more. I don't even – that's, like, the tip of the iceberg, I think, to all the shit because there's yeah. all this other stuff. They would do, like, that fruit and veg shit. I was mm. like, what's this? Tell me more. So, we yeah. haven't We haven't watched Underbelly in years. No. We should probably go do that. <laughs> Maybe next yeah. week we'll have watched Underbelly. It's very – great series yeah like they kind of started to get stupid we've talked about it before yeah um because we were talking about with i think it was shark arm and we're Mm. talking about all the like old-timey gangs in the 30s around darlinghurst yeah and that was like razor and squizzy and all of those yes seasons the later Mm. seasons Mm -hmm. but like honestly those first two three seasons for me were the best yeah I want to go back know, and watch them. Argue with me in the group if you disagree. Oh, yeah. But I think that was quality Aussie TV. It was. Stuff. What was so fucking scary about it was it was all based on facts. Mm. Like they probably embellished a lot. But, yeah, it was based on shit that actually went down. Yeah. Which is really crazy. Yeah. How but, sad. Uh, yep. Spicy and sad. Spicy and sad. A strange but compelling combination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was such a sign-off, It wasn't really it? was. <laughs> On that note. Until next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.